This is a podcast from the Business Times. The week began on an optimistic note, taking the cue from Wall Street's Friday rally after a soft inflation reading raised hopes the Federal Reserve would get less aggressive with U.S. interest rate hikes. The Straits Times Index was up at the open at 3,234.51 points. On Tuesday, November 15th, Singapore stocks opened stronger amid a mixed showing in global markets. The Straits Times Index rose 0.3% to 3,271 points at the open. At the midweek, Singapore shares struggled for direction, with the STI closing 0.3% lower at 3,266 points amid mixed regional performance. In the U.S., retail sales posted the biggest increase in eight months in October, indicating demand for goods broadly holding up despite decades-high inflation and a worsening economic outlook. And on Thursday, Singapore shares opened stronger, bucking the trend of losses in global markets. The STI opened in the green, up 0.4% to 3,279.5 points. It's Friday, November 18th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm correspondent Howie Lim, sitting in for podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Singapore stocks opened down slightly on Friday at 3,284 points, and we're joined by Jeff Howie, market strategist at SGX Securities, with his wrap of the week. For the first four sessions of the week, the STI gained 1.8%, outperforming the six-tenths of a percent decline for the FTSE SD developed index, while the Hang Seng Index led the region with a 4.4% gain. This saw the STI test the 3,300 level on Thursday, a key threshold. It last tested on the 13th of September and before then, the 11th of August. Gains were booked for most STI counters, with Maple Tree Pan-Asia Commercial Trust generating a 5.5% total return, Singapore Technology Engineering gaining 3.8% and Singtel gaining 3.7%. In the meantime, SATS added 3.4% and Capital Land Investment added 3.1%. The SDI's least performers for the first four sessions of the week included Yangzijiang Shipbuilding Holdings, Hong Kong Land Holdings and Venture Corporation. Singapore stocks have attracted more than 450 million Singapore dollars of net fund inflows for the first half of November. That brings the year-to-date net fund inflows to around 1.1 billion Sing dollars. The SDI has generated a total return of 9.3% in the 2022 year through to the 17th of November, and that compares to a 14.7% decline for the FTSE developed index. The five stocks that have seen the most net fund inflows so far this year are Singtel, OCBC, Keppel Corporation, City Developments, and Semcorp Marine. Now, while the S-REITs saw half the gains of the STI for the first four sessions of the week, since that 2969.5 STI close back on the 21st of October, the S-REIT sector has marginally outpaced the STI gains. This has seen the FTSE ST REIT index generate a 12% total return, almost twice the return of the FTSE EPRA REIT developed index, the big global benchmark. The four-week period saw Staple Trust CDL Hospitality Trusts and four REITs, Capital Lang Integrated Commercial Trust, Daiwa House Logistics Trust, Maple Tree Logistics Trust and Keppel DC REIT lead the S REIT gains. While business updates have mattered, a key global market that 
really competes in the demand for yield, the 10-year US Treasury market has seen their yields decline from near 4.3% during that 21st October Asia session to 3.7% at present, with the US dollar index also retreating from near 114 to 106, which saw S REITs outperform globally over the past four weeks. So why the 21st of October? Well, the three sessions that followed after the 21st of October Asia session saw an earnings-led three-session 5% gain for the S&P 500. And another segment, aside from REITs, that has led the global stock market since then is semiconductor stocks. After reporting its best financial performance for its first nine months of its financial year, after the 11th of November close, UMS Holdings rallied 17% to $1.25 over the first four sessions of the week. And that brought its gain since the 21st of October to 45% and paired its year-to-date decline in total return to 15%. So together, UMS, AEM and Franken Group have averaged 33% gains since the 21st of October. But meanwhile, energy stocks have been among the least performing global stocks since the 21st of October, with Rex International, RH Petrogas, Geo Energy Resources and Golden Energy and Resources averaging a 3% decline. And for the more passive investors, the SGX listed ETFs that saw the most trading activity for most of the week included the Lion OCBC Securities Hang Seng Tech ETF, the Spider Gold Shares, the Spider STI ETF, and the ICBC CSOP FTSE Chinese Government Bond ETF, as well as the iShares US Dollar Asia High Yield Bond Index ETF. Global markets do remain sensitive to Fed speak as we saw at the last FOMC when the chair's response to a question from an Associated Press reporter proved the actual market mover. Now, while Fed Reserve Governor Chris Waller, who is philosophically close to St. Louis Fed President James Bullard, began this week with a hawkish tone, he did state on Wednesday evening he was open to a half-point hike at the next 14th of December FOMC. Now, this is not a new dovish development, given that the expectations for a 50 basis point hike at the 14th December FOMC have actually been at 85% since the release of the October US CPI on the 10th of November. And since mid-year, when the US CPI services inflation did jump a notch, there has been a concerted hawkish tone from the Fed on the premise that inflation expectations create inflation. And it becomes somewhat like self-fulfilling prophecy which means given the October deceleration in CPI, this is likely to see the Fed Reserve feel vindicated and keep up the hawkish mantra with rare dovish concessions. Regional data this week saw Japan's third quarter GDP come in below expectations with a 0.3% quarter-on-quarter contraction, whilst China's October macroeconomic data, which included retail sales, also did not meet expectations with the economy weighed by both COVID-19 and the real estate market last month. Meanwhile, Indonesia's October trade surplus continued to widen to historical highs, with a trade surplus now of 45 billion US dollars for the first 10 months of the year. And the Bank of Indonesia also delivered a 50 basis point rate hike for a third consecutive time. And that was seen as a preemptive move to counter inflation and was much in line with expectations. Journalist Yongjin Yuan has further insights from the Business Times news desk. Over the five days ended Thursday, major markets were in the black. 
Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index surged 12.2% on optimism over China's potential reopening, Japan's Nikkei 225 rose 1.8%, and South Korea's Kospi gained 1.7%. The local benchmark Straits Times Index also climbed 3.6%. The week started on a high as investors continued reacting to potentially loosened COVID-19 restrictions in China last Friday. These included moves to reduce the length of quarantine for travellers to China, as well as the scrapping of a system that penalised airlines for bringing virus cases into the country. Analysts highlighted companies such as Capitaland Investment, Singapore Airlines and Yangtzejiang Shipbuilding as stocks that have material exposure to China. In particular, UOB Keihian analysts noted that the Chinese government has signaled through its adjustments to COVID-related curbs that it is taking preliminary steps to reopen the economy. On Sunday, Chinese regulators also told financial institutions to extend more support to property developers. These developers have seen sharply slower growth this year as the government sought to curb excessive borrowing. Then, on Monday, US President Joe Biden met with Chinese President Xi Jinping at the G20 summit in Bali. Markets seemed reassured after the three-hour summit meeting after Biden said that there need not be a new Cold War between both countries. Other calls for cheer included US producer prices on Tuesday that increased less than expected in October. The PPI climbed 8% year-on-year in October, the smallest such increase since July last year. Investors took that as more evidence that the Federal Reserve could slow its pace of interest rate hikes. Still, it appears market sentiment was dampened somewhat by other developments as well. The People's Bank of China raised concern over a potential rise in inflation rates in a report released late Wednesday, which could reduce the scope of further monetary policy easing. Risks that could lead to higher inflation include the fast growth in the country's money supply and disruptions to global energy supply. On Thursday, Singapore saw a surprise 5.6% fall in non-oil domestic exports in October, the first decline the country has observed since November 2020. Maybank economists noted that declines in electronic and non-electronic exports are a clear sign that global growth is, quote, grinding lower. They also believe that the drop in exports is an early warning sign of a potential recession next year even if it could be a shallow one. Still to come, we take a closer look at more macroeconomic and company-focused news and drivers with Jeff Howie from the SGX and Yongjin Yuan from the Business Times News Desk. The Business Times' future of finance is focused on the digital economy. Taking a closer look at topics around acceleration of digital forms of banking, both retail and wholesale. Asset tokenization is absolutely important for Singapore. Mr. Ravi Menon, he summed it up very, very well. He said asset tokenization has transformative potential, not unlike securitization when it happened 50 years ago. The Business Times' Future of Finance podcast. Episode 2 out on Thursday, November 17th. We'll be speaking with Heng Kun Hao, Executive Director for Blockchain and Digital Assets at UOB, about future-proofing banking ahead of blockchain shockwaves. Listen at bt.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That's bt.sg slash podcasts. And now, 
Back to market focus from the Business Times. Jeff Howie from the SGX has some notable news of the week that might have been drivers. So unless the 17th of the month is on a weekend, this is always Singapore's monthly Nodex day. While Enterprise Singapore reported the city-state did book overall trade growth in October on the back of a 23% year-on-year increase in oil trade, the key non-oil Nodex was weighed by declines in electronics and non-electronics. This saw the Nodex again come in below expectations with a 5.6% year-on-year decline for October. Now, three key reasons for the first year-on-year decline of the Nodex since November 2020 included a high base from October 2021, the continuation of the weaker demand from China, and a year-on-year decline in electronic exports for a third consecutive month. Weaker demand from China has persisted since July, with year-on-year declines in the vicinity of 30% for October and September, and in the vicinity of 20% for August and July. Electronic exports continue to be weighed by integrated circuits, disk media products, and PC parts. However, do note that the value of electronic domestic exports did grow in October from September. And this paralleled some similar recent moves in the two most traded SGX-listed technology stocks. The share price of Venture was trading at $17.60 on the 17th of November. Now, that was down from 12 months ago when the share price was at $19.12. Yet the share price is up from $15.85 a month ago. And likewise, AEM was at $3.58 on the 17th of November which was down from $4.98 some 12 months beforehand, but at the same time up from $3.11 on the 17th of October. So the outlook for global trade is further decelerating in 2023 to 2.7% growth next year from 3.2% growth this year. However, like the recent moves in the stock market, the global trade does somewhat hinge on the outlook for China growth. And the outlook for China growth has been helped in recent weeks with a slew of policy moves, including optimised COVID rules to bolster the economy, fiscal support to small businesses, in addition to a series of supportive property market policies reportedly introduced that include 16 measures co-released by the PBOC and the CBIRC. This has also seen five of the biggest primary listed Singapore stocks by market value that report at least half of their revenue to China also move with those policy developments. Wilmar International, Yangtze Jung Shipbuilding, Hutchison Port Holdings Trust, Yan Lord Land and Capital Land China Trust average 9% returns in the November month to date. And let's turn to company-focused information now, Jeff. Give us some highlights from the week. The 14th of November was our crude palm oil day. Singapore's three most traded crude palm oil producers all provided third quarter updates on Monday. Supply and policy developments have put crude palm oil prices in the spotlight this year. Golden Aggie Resources has ranked as a top 40 stock by turnover after ranking as a top 60 stock by turnover in 2021 and 2020. The trio of Golden Aggie Resources, First Resources and Bumi Tama Agri have averaged 20% total returns in the year to date benefiting from the higher average selling prices of palm oil. For their third quarters, Golden Agri Resources revenue increased 9% year-on-year, First Resources revenue increased 15% year-on-year, and Bumitama Agri revenue increased 21% year-on-year. 
Golden Agri Resources maintain an optimistic industry outlook, noting palm oil continues to be priced at a discount relative to other vegetable oils which are facing supply chain disruptions. First Resources also relayed that palm oil's attractive relative pricing against other competing edible oils had been actually encouraging replenishment of inventories by importing countries. And then also on a supply front, Bumitama Agri noted that the extremely rare triple dip La Nina weather phenomena is expected to last through to early 2023. So the trio all reported for the first nine months of this financial year attributable net profit percentage growth above 100%, with Golden Agri Resources net profit growth of 151%, First Resources at 206%, and Bumitama Agri at 164%. On Wednesday, SDI constituent ST Engineering traded twice its normal daily trading turnover while gaining 2.3% to $3.50. That was after ST Engineering's wholly owned Transcore, which is a part of ST Engineering's smart city and smart mobility portfolio, announced it had secured contracts to modernize toll collection systems in New Jersey, worth around $1.5 billion. And for context, ST Engineering reported revenue of $7.7 billion for its FY21. And back on Friday 11th November, the newest addition to the SDI, Emprador, reported its third quarter revenue had grown 12% from the third quarter of 2021 on continued growth for both brandy and whiskey segment and the higher sales due to further easing of restrictions and the resumption of the on-trade and the travel retail channels. Meanwhile, the stock that Emprador displaced from the SDI Comfort Delgro Corporation reported its third quarter revenue had grown 10% year-on-year, with Singapore revenue making up 58% of the third quarter revenue pie, up from 54% in the third quarter of last year. Looking forward, Comfort Delgro noted that activity levels continue to improve in most geographies as COVID-19 restrictions have been relaxed. However, increasing manpower and cost pressures do remain. Junyuan, what are some of the things to look out for next week? In the week ahead, investors could be looking out for Singapore's final third quarter GDP figures, as well as inflation figures on Wednesday. In a note on Thursday, Maybank analysts expect third quarter GDP figures to be downgraded slightly to 4.2%, down from the advance estimate of 4.4%. This has been Market Focus from the Business Times. I'm Howie Lim, sitting in for podcast editor Claressa Montero with Jeff Howie, market strategist at SGX Securities, and Yong Jin Yuan, journalist with the Business Times News Desk. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A W E D I O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.